from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing September the 16th, 2012. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. G'day, Rob. G'day, Brian. How are you? Happy and well. You, sir? I'm well, too. It's been quite a while now since we've uh, done a broadcast together. Yeah, before the conference, I remember we were doing the interviews. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks again, Graham, for uh, letting us have the broadcast for the next six weeks. And we trust that you enjoy your time off as well. We certainly are here. And uh, we've got some news for you this week. Past its use-by date. August the 20th was the cut-off date for applications to be received by the WIA Club Grant Scheme Committee. Ten applications arrived in time and unfortunately one didn't. Yes, one application was received nine days after the deadline. The WIA Board has announced that the Grant Committee for 2012 will comprise of Reg Emmett VK7KK as the chairperson with Peter Lowe, VK3KCD, and Rotarian of Amateur Radio, Bill Main, VK4ZD, as members. They hope that the grants will be announced on Monday the 22nd of October 2012. Guiding Light. The WIA Board invites clubs, groups of clubs, and even groups of individuals to consider conducting the WIA Annual Conference. The Annual Conference in 2011 was in Darwin and the host club was the Darwin Amateur Radio Club and the Annual Conference this year was in Mildura. The host there was the Sunraysia Radio Group. The guidelines for hosting a WIA Annual Conference weekend is based on the experience of those involved in the two conferences and Spud Murphy in Darwin and Noel Ferguson in Mildura have contributed to the guidelines. The board hopes the patterns set by these two highly successful events can be continued with different clubs in interesting areas hosting weekends, usually in the latter half of May. The 2013 conference will be in Perth, but clubs are urged to think about conferences after that. The guidelines set out the general procedures for a conference, some of the issues that should be considered and the approach to actually coordinating and managing a conference. Contact the secretary at wia.org.au for your copy. And more WIA news. Most weeks on the broadcast, we hear from a WIA director who shares a bit of what's going on in the WIA. This week, we've got online Phil Waite. So uh, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thanks, Robert. It's, it's good to be able to, uh, to speak over the broadcast every now and then. It is. One of the things that Brian and I'll be doing over the next couple of weeks is getting to know some of the directors a little bit better. We've often heard you on the broadcast, Phil, but I'm wondering if maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what your background perhaps in electronics has been uh, for those who don't know you. Oh, okay. Well, I go back quite a long way in amateur radio. I'm on the dark side of 60 now, and I started off in amateur radio back um, when I was at high school. I was about 12 or 13 when I first got interested and then did shortwave listening and then eventually got a call sign when I was about 17. From there, I went to technical college and did an engineering certificate called the ENC certificate. You know, it kind of went from there. I um, spent some time at Sydney University in various positions and then I went to work for ETI magazine. Oh, that's the electronic publication that used to be around a few years ago? Yeah, that's right. I was there with Roger Harrison when Roger Harrison was editor, and I was there before that also. That was a very successful magazine, and it was eventually sold to Kerry Packer as part of ACP. 
and then morphed into Electronics Australia and then eventually Silicon Chip. And these days you uh, run a very successful uh, business manufacturing medical alert devices, I understand. And on top of all of that, you're a WIA director. Yes, I am. I've been a WIA director for about 10, or over 10 years now, I think. It's been a long time. It seems to be I've been a a WIA director forever, Robert. The areas of responsibility that you're looking after, Phil, BPL and the emergency communications, has there been any recent developments in the BPL area? Well, BPL in Australia, the access BPL has all but gone away. Access BPL is the one that carried the BPL down the power lines from the street into people's homes. What, of course, there is increasingly is the in-house BPL using the little modems you buy from um, Netgear and those sorts of people. They're the focus of all the concern internationally at the moment um, because they're they're becoming quite popular, especially in in, uh, Europe and the United States. In fact, in Europe, there's been a move to adopt a new Senelec standard for those devices and there's a lot of discussion at the moment about whether having a standard for those devices is actually a good thing or a bad thing. That satellite standard won't impact us very much in Australia because we put more reliance on the CISPA standards and in, in fact CISPA 22 is the standard that would cover those in-house BPL modems. We're seeing a lot of devices sold, but we're not seeing very many interference reports. And, of course, ACMA being an evidence-based body and a complaints-driven body, they need to see interference complaints before they will take action. And uh, so far, there's been a very, very small number of interference complaints. There's been far more interference complaints on other devices like um, uh, solar energy systems and plasma TVs. In fact, one of the concerns these days is that there's a number of different classes of devices that are generating interference and are asking for special consideration. Of course, the more devices you give a special consideration, the weaker the standard becomes. So that's a concern with all these new um, devices like solar panels, like smart grid, like BPL, uh, like plasma TVs electric vehicles, all these things are going to have to, at some stage, be taken into account in the um, sister standards. The other area that you're involved with is the emergency communications. Personally, I know I've been involved with yourself and also Ivan Smith, a graphic designer, putting together a commercial brochure advertising what the amateur service can offer in terms of emergency communications operator and operator relief. Is there anything you wanted to comment on that, Phil? Uh, Yes, Robert. The idea is to put a brochure out and try and promote the amateur service as a manpower resource for emergency communications to to complement the trading uh, that's already been done by um, Fred Swainston. And uh, we hope to have that brochure out shortly. It'll be a professional-looking brochure. Hopefully, it'll have a high impact. And I hope to have that um, finalised shortly and we'll be able to put a copy of the brochure on the website and uh, make more of an announcement. OK. brochure's in its uh, final stage of uh, proofing now, so it won't be long. Look, thanks again, Phil, for joining us this morning on the news broadcast and it's always good to catch up and... Uh, for listeners too, to uh, get to know a little bit more about you and uh, what you've been up to. 
Thank you, Robert, and I can go back and build my latest valve amplifier. Fantastic, Phil. You take care and enjoy yourself. Thanks again. Phil Waite, WIA Director. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. should see the quality of some of uh, Phil's uh, workmanship too in his project. It's uh, a work of art. Okay, hams across Australia. You take this, Brian. Starting with VK0. VK0, future activation notice for 0JJJ or 6JJJ. Activation from Mawson over the 2013-14 winter. Craig will be wintering at Mawson Station 2013-14 to and will be active on all bands with a priority given to 6 metres. Steve, VK3ZAZ, hopes to be active on Macquarie Island at the same time, also on HF and 6. So swing your Yagis to the south during January and listen out for beacons as it's been 20 years since Antarctica has been activated on 6. And a VK1 with the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club. CRARC have just conducted a foundation course weekend for potential amateurs in the region. A number of candidates were from the University of Canberra who in fact have an amateur station on campus and will be applying for a club call sign in the near future. Out of the 12 candidates, 10 passed their assessments. CRARC's next scheduled foundation weekend will be in November. And more education news from VK2 now. ARNSW will be conducting the next one-day foundation course at the VK2WI site, 63 Quarry Road, Dural, on the 23rd of September. Assessments will be the following day on Sunday. Details under training at the website arnsw.org.au. Contact by email or telephone and leave a message with the contact details for them to get back to you. Sunday the 30th of September is the next activity at the VK2WIA Dural site with the morning T&T exam assessments and homebrew afternoon gathering. Check out the website for more details. And down to VK3. Become a radio amateur. Enrolments are now open for this month's Foundation Licensed Training and Assessment Weekend run by Amateur Radio Victoria. It will be over the weekend of September the 22nd and 23rd. Amateur Radio Victoria are centrally located at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. For enrolment and more information, please contact the education team leader, Barry Robinson, VK3PV. The email address, foundation at amateurradio.com.au or you can telephone him on 0428-516-001. VK4 News now with Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM Weekend Sudden Date Change Back. The famous and popular Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM weekend at Camp Fairbairn, approximately 20 kilometres south of Emerald, was to have been on Friday the 28th to midday on Sunday the 30th of September. Then the dates got changed back due to a double booking with the Scouts. Well, CHARC members have actually contacted Gordon, VK4KAL, to advise that at least half are going on the original dates can't make the new dates. So Gordon's thrown his 89 years of experience around a bit been assured that CHARC will have exclusive use of the facilities at Camp Fairbairn and that the scouts will be settling in a bit further down the grounds. Of course, any scouts or leaders that get too close on the weekend will be recruited, undergo a crash foundation course and turned into hams. And so they should be. So the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM weekend at Camp Fairbairn, approximately 20k south of Emerald, is again from 4pm Friday the 28th to midday Sunday the 30th of September 
2012. Get your finger out and contact Gordon on vk4kal at wia.org.au to get your bookings in or to find out more. And to VK7 with the Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club. The October NTARC meeting. Yes, it's to be held on Wednesday the 12th of October. And this will be again the annual yearly pilgrimage to Mount Barrow. Last year this was a really great evening and those that attended thoroughly enjoyed themselves, especially in the extended twilight that came with the introduction of daylight savings just days before. This formula will also apply in 2012, so get along. Arrive any time in the afternoon and NTARC will have the site overnight. So if you're appropriately equipped, why not camp until next morning? There are members who regularly do just that and they'd love to have you as their company. Well, we're halfway through the news, Rob. How do you think it's going? I think we're doing okay. A little bit rusty, but... Uh, no, it's great to be here. It is indeed. And if anybody would like to tell us how great it is that we're here... We're going to put a feedback form on the website so you can leave messages or comments or news and information and we'll read them out here on next week's broadcast. Good or bad. And if you want to send any flowers or chocolates, probably to the ladies at the office, I guess. Yes. Flowers and chocolates to the ladies at the office and... Uh, and uh, if, you, if you're leaving comments on the website, do keep them clean, please. <laughs> uh, moving on. Silent key. Hans Kammersand, father of the NE555, dies at the age of 78. VK7 News tells us that last month, one of the unsung heroes of electronics passed away. Hans Kammersand, father of one of the most famous integrated circuits of all time, the Signetics Timer, NE555, timed out himself at the age of 78. Being a gifted analogue designer, Swiss-born Monsignor Kamazin is also credited to be the father of Class D amplifiers and has introduced the concept of phase-locked loops in ICs. During his rather productive career, he designed over 140 ICs, wrote several books and many articles, and his name is attached to some 20 patents. When a famous artist dies, you'll hear his or her greatest hits on every radio or see his or her best films on every TV channel. Therefore, as a tribute to one of the greatest electronics inventors of our century, we will play here Hans Kammersen's most successful composition, the NE555 in Bipolar. International news with thanks to the IARU RSGB SARL Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Star found devouring a planet. Astronomers have found evidence of a planet being devoured by its star, yielding insights into the fate that will befall Earth several billion years into the future. The team uncovered the signature of a planet that had been absorbed by looking at the chemistry of the host star. They also think a surviving planet circling the star may have been kicked into an unusual orbit by the destruction of a neighbouring world. The US-Polish-Spanish team made the discovery when studying the star BD48740, which is of a stellar class known as Red Giants. Rising temperatures near the cores of the red giants cause their early stars to expand in size. This in turn results in any nearby planets to be absorbed by the expanding star or otherwise destroyed. It's the way of the universe now brought to us thanks to the art of radio and the science of astronomy.
And you can read more on the web. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash planet hyphen hungry hyphen star. RSGB sticks to its views on EMC Directive. Members may have seen recent press commentary about the RSGB's position on the proposed European Power Line Telecommunications Standard. Whilst protecting, to a large extent, the amateur HF bands, this standard, if approved, would legalise high levels of wideband emission elsewhere in the HF spectrum, in direct contravention of the European EMC Directive. The European Commission's own EM consultant supports the RSGB view that the standard would not comply with European law. Sadly, the International Amateur Radio Union has taken the view that support for the standard represents protection for the amateur bands. The RSGB has concerns that this is a narrow view and that settling aside the requirements of the EMC directive is not only improper, but bodes ill for the future protection of the spectrum and for the integrity of the standardisation process. The RSGB position is now being challenged by the chair of the Senelec Committee, charged with developing the standard, who argues that there is no current standard. This is simply not the case, as the Commission itself has confirmed that the existing CISPA 22 standard applies to PLA devices and that it fails to allow the high emissions levels which PLT manufacturers say they need is the real issue. You can read more at rsgb.org PLA. That's exactly what Phil White was talking about. Operational News Dateline 2012. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest SSB on October the 6th. The Worldwide Oceania DX Contest CW on October the 13th. And the VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day on November the 24th and 25th. And the Jack Files Memorial Contest, well, it hasn't concluded. It's just QSY to 2013. The Jack Files Memorial Contest has been an annual 80-metre phone contest run by the old WIAQ and, more recently, the Wireless Institute of Australia Queensland Advisory Committee. The contest honours the memory of Jack Files, VK4JF, a long-standing member and contributor to the work of the then Wireless Institute of Australia Queensland Division, particularly with the QSL Bureau. Jack also wrote the old teleradio notes in the 30s that was the Institute's librarian and, as a tribute to then VK4 Division, saw fit to honour his 35 years of unselfish devotion to the Institute, it developed the Jack Files Memorial Contest. The Jack Files Contest is normally an annual contest run in the month of July as a precursor to the Remembrance Day Contest. The object is for amateurs to work as many other stations and particularly as many different VK4 shires and lately towns and as many different states and territories as possible within each one-hour block of the contest. Regretfully, the 2012 contest has been suspended. And to avoid confusion for this year, the Jack Files page on the WIA website has been offlined. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Special event station DX Beacon and Net Advice. Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Clubs Day VK7DD and Joe VK7JG have successfully completed the installation of a 28 megahertz beacon at Don Heads. 28.267 MHz with a nominal output of 5 watts into an N-fed halfway vertical dipole. Voodoo Contest to be active from Liberia. 
For the 24th straight year, look out for the Voodoo Contest Club to be again active from Liberia between November the 21st and the 27th. Operations will be from a location just south of Monrovia, the capital of Liberia. Their main goal is to be an entry in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest on November the 24th and the 25th as a multi-multi-category using the call sign EL2A. Outside of the contest, the operators will use their own personal call signs. QSL as directed by each operator. A group of operators from Switzerland known as the Radio 7 team will be active from Rodriguez Island as 3B9SP from between October 16 and 23rd. Most operation will be on CW and sideband with some Ridian PSK31. QSL via HB9ACA. As part of the 50th anniversary of independent celebrations in Algeria, several special stations are active until the end of 2012. Prefix hunters will have the opportunity to work 7U50I, 7Victor50I, 7Whiskey50I and 7Yankee50I. EI25DB, Dublin Bus, celebrates its 25th anniversary. To celebrate the event, a special event station, EI25DB, will run until the 30th of June 2013. The station is operated by current and former employees of, of Dublin Bus, led by Declan and Pete, QSLs to Declan, EI9HQ, or LOTW, or hamlog.eu. Morocco, CN2YZ, through year's end. His activity will be from the city of Tangier, especially on the weekends. And the Philippine Amateur Radio League's 50th anniversary special event. Look for a special station, 4G0LD, to be active during 2012. Activities to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the PARL. QSL via the Bureau. Also, the PARL is sponsoring a commemorative diploma for amateur radio stations that have established two-way communication with at least 12 QSOs with PARL members. Broadcast monitoring, SWL and scanner news. Zambia makes ready for digital broadcasting. The Zambian government has issued 10 licences and 16 construction permits to radio and TV stations in the country. Those chosen are expected to switch to digital broadcasting before the 2013 deadline set by the South African Development Community. According to the nation's Minister of Information and Broadcasting Services, the move is intended to enhance participation in the affairs of the country as well as offer people the opportunity to air their views on issues of national interest. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone. Two commercial operators evicted from the two-metre band. In the first, a transportation company was observed to be operating illegally on 144.1 MHz. In addition to operating inside the amateur 2 metre band, this operation posed a threat to low signal operation across a wide portion of North America. In the second matter, a home moving company was observed to be operating on 144.940 MHz. The company was observed in Alberta during the moving of a house. In this case, the company had already licensed frequencies with Industry Canada. They'd requested 144.940 as a channel. Their request was denied by IC and a business band channel was issued. However, the company failed to check their licence paperwork and assumed they'd been approved for their requested channel. 
In both cases, it appears that channels in the two-metre band were chosen by these businesses because their new VHF radios defaulted to that frequency range. As well, both businesses indicated they could simply dial a new frequency into the radio to move out of our band. This is strong cause for concern that the actual radios being used are modified amateur radio equipment. The use of equipment intended for amateur radio operation outside of the amateur radio bands or by persons who do not hold an amateur radio certificate is illegal. Action on these and other incursions has been made possible by quality reports from monitoring stations. Q News Workbench, the nuts and volts report, measure twice and cut once. K3EST retires from director of CQWWDX contest. CQ Magazine has announced that Bob Cox, K3EST, has retired as director of the CQ Worldwide DX contest and as CQ's director of contesting. Bob has been at the helm of the CQ Worldwide DX contest for 35 years. During his tenure, he guided the competition through numerous changes in technology and growth to become the world's most popular amateur contest. Cox's retirement is effective immediately. A successor has not yet been named. Worldwide special interest groups, final frontier. Another ZS CubeSat on the cards. 20 interns at the Denal Dynamics Engineering Academy of Learning are designing and building a CubeSat as part of their internship training. Denal Dynamics takes up to 20 intern students who have completed their engineering degree, master's or PhD. And during the first year they spend half of their time in the academy and the other half of the time in their designated departments. The program is aimed at exposing interns to a complete product development cycle, said Grant Wilson, who leads the academy. Designing and building a CubeSat and developing a ground station to manage the satellite is an ideal project to achieve this. The 20-strong intern project team was split into three separate teams, each responsible for certain aspects of the project. Team Ground Zero was responsible for the ground station and radio frequency link components, Team Virtuoso is responsible for the CubeSat structure and onboard computer. And Team Frodo is responsible for the payload, attitude control, determination systems, that's the ADCS, and the launch. Read more about DynaCube in the link provided in the text edition of this news broadcast. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW, plan now to beat a lighthouse. There are plenty to activate for the first time in next year's International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on the 17th and 18th of August 2013 to take advantage of a local or exotic location. A few DX spots are worth checking out and some sites remain in currently very active countries. It needs a little planning and access to the structure relies on the responsible authority that run the lighthouses, lightships and other maritime navigation structures allowed under the event guidelines. You can of course operate in the car park or very nearby. To see what it's all about, Reports from earlier activations, the guidelines, an online registration form used by 60 in 15 countries already, and a lot, lot more, check out the website illw.net. Worldwide, special interest groups, radio scouting, and Jota Jyoti. Yes, the 54th plus one Jamboree of the Air will take place on the 20th and 21st of October 2012. And in VK7, Entark's effort is at the Karnaku campsite at Paper Beach as part of the Northern District's camp. Jota Jyoti coordinator Peter VK7KPC advises that he's planning to get to Karnaku on the afternoon of Friday the 19th of October to do some preliminary setup for the Jota station.
Peter advises that the final site won't be known until organisers have a better idea of the number of scouts attending. Peter is planning to use the VK7RAB to VK7RAF link to contact Joda stations being run south of Hobart and it is hopeful to have two HF stations active plus IRLP on 2 metres and UHF link to the south and maybe to the northwest coast stations. Wow, that's a lot. Northwest Tasmanian Amateur TV Group, NWATVG, have planning well underway at the club and will again be providing resources and operators over the two days at the Peyton Park Camp at Ulverstone. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. News from Weiss and Victoria. Yes, Weiss and Victoria are involved in two events during the next quarter. And if you're available to participate in any of these events, please get in touch with the contact listed for the event. On Saturday, October the 20th, it's the Mini Canoe Marathon at Echuca, and you can contact Gerard Werner. Again, the uh, details are in the text edition. And Sunday, October the 21st, then they're going to be at the Stockman's Rally at Big River. And for that one, you can contact Ian Morris, VK3IFM. Social Scene 2012. September 28th to 30th, VK4 Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairbairn Emerald. October 21st in VK3, Ballarat Hamvention. November 4th in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest at Goodwood. November 11, VK3, Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group Hamfest. November 25th, again VK3, Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. And don't forget, next year, August 17th and 18th, worldwide, International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Well, that's it, Brian. We've come to the end of the news for this week. And don't forget, listeners, we're putting up the feedback page, the feedback form that you'll be able to fill out on the WIA News Broadcast page on the WIA website. Go to the News Broadcast page and look for a feedback form in the left-hand menu. All right, Brian, thanks again, and uh, thanks again to Phil Waite, too, for joining us uh, on this week's broadcast. Next week, we hope to catch up with uh, somebody who you may not even know was uh, new to the uh, organisation, our new WIA secretary. So uh, we'll be catching up with David uh, next week on the broadcast. Thanks again, Brian. And thank you, Rob. It's great to be back. And uh, I'd like to wish all the listeners a great week and good DX and hunting. We'll speak to you all next week. And as we always say, we report it, you decide. We've reported, you decide.